The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Prescription for Success with your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Each week, we come through the myths and facts about health and wellness in order to bring you the best advice and the right information that you need to live an incredible life. Now, here is Dr. Emil Haldi. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. I am super excited about today's show. On today's show, we will discuss one of the most important elements of wellness, your mindset. Everything starts and ends with mindset. People with healthy habits have a healthy mindset. People with unhealthy habits have an unhealthy mindset. Every success, every failure in life starts and ends with your mindset. Some people have beliefs and mindset that they're destined to win no matter what. And guess what? They win. They may fail once or twice, but they still win at life. But wait, what about people who have real, real life difficulties? Trust me, I understand life can be difficult sometimes. Tell me if you know of any super successful person who didn't have massive difficulties in life. You see, it's all about mindset. If you believe in your success and you put action behind it, success will follow. Today's show is about taking your life, wellness, and success to the next level. I want to take a moment to tell, to tell our audience about a very special event that we're putting together on October 10th, 2019. In April, we lost a very dear friend, Victoria Bernstein, to breast cancer. She was only 36. Vicky was a talented nurse practitioner, a person full of life. She left behind two twin toddlers, a husband, her parents, her brother, and a sister. So our company has partnered with Gabriel's Angel Foundation for Cancer Research and Spirit and Flesh Magazine to raise awareness about cancer and to fundraise some money. Please go to our website at hcompound.com to learn more about the event and to donate if you're interested. But now, let me switch gears. If for any reason you have to stop listening to this broadcast, and please don't do that. We don't want you to do that. You can go back at any time to voiceamerica.com and listen to any of the podcasted versions. And please don't forget to tell your family and friends about our radio program. My guest today is a very special individual, Chris Salem. Chris is an accomplished business and emotional intelligence strategist, world-class speaker, award-winning author, certified mindset expert, a fellow radio host here on Voice America and a media personality, and most importantly, a wellness advocate. He is the best-selling author of the book, Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause, Create Prosperity, and many, many other things. Chris, welcome to the show. An absolute pleasure and honor to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to have a great show here today. Absolutely. So, Chris, you have a tremendous career. You have a super highly regarded show here in Voice America called Sustainable Success, and you're doing a terrific job there. You're a successful business and emotional intelligence strategist. You're a big wellness advocate. Tell us a little more about yourself. Well, I mean, I, what I do is, is I work primarily with individuals as well as companies in helping them to navigate uh, you know, the certain things that get in their way that hold them back from peak performance. So with individuals, we uncover the limited beliefs that could be holding them back subconsciously 
so that we could build a success foundation to really help their businesses go to the next level. We also help to build and sustain their brands by raising their level of influence by teaching them how to become a trusted advisor in their business. With organizations, what we do is we go in and assess where there's a breakdown in communication, leadership, and engagement, and begin to incorporate the growth mindset as a foundation to their new principles that will help guide and bring them together in a more interdependent way to really take their business to another level. So those are the things I do as a business and emotional intelligence strategist. That is so cool. So we, we talked about mindset early before the show, and, and I know you're a certified mindset expert. What is mindset in your opinion? So mindset is that, you know, basically what we do in the, in the given moment. You know, what are we doing at, at the present moment at this time? And you have to ask yourself, whatever that mindset is, is it serving or not serving you? Many times as human beings, we're doing a lot of things. We're very busy, but we may not realize that the things that we're doing on autopilot are not really serving us. And we find ourselves really occupied and busy in certain things, but yet not productive and efficient. So the difference between a, you know, a growth and a fixed mindset is understanding and being aware of where you're not, where you are and where you would like to be and looking at a growth mindset to incorporate new habits and disciplines that would allow you to do that. So the mindset is what, you know, what you're currently doing right now in the moment. So is there a difference between personal mindset or business mindset or wellness mindset? I would say that it's a, in my opinion, they go hand in hand. You know, sometimes people will tell you, well, Hey, you know, my, my, I'm doing great in business, but then my personal life is kind of, you know, blah. But the thing is anything sustainable long-term, I think that a, depending upon what your mindset is, they eventually go hand in hand. What goes on in business carries on to your personal life. What happens in your personal life will then filter into your business life over time. It's hard to really separate the two for a long period of time. So I'm a believer that they are one in the same long term. So the key is, are you operating from a fixed or a growth mindset? And, and you definitely sounds like you want to operate from a growth mindset. Correct. So how does a mindset, in your opinion, relate to health? Well, I mean, mindset is everything. I mean, it regulates what we do on a daily basis. So many times, if you know, if you're able to look back and trace back a lot of the pains that you may experience in your body, maybe that you've, uh, your immune system has been down for a period of time. Maybe you've had cancer, all these different things. Now, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not saying that 100% a lot of these are tied back to your emotional uh, uh, well-being, but in many cases, they play a role. And let me give you a, a, a case in point. You know, my father had passed away at the age of 56 from lung cancer, and he hadn't smoked in 29 years. But my father was consumed in work and being successful. He put money as the priority. He had sacrificed his family in order to do it. And I know why he did it. He did it because he came, he grew up poor, and it was his way of saying, I'm going to be successful. And he was monetarily. But what ended up happening was is that my father was emotionally unbalanced. He did not address this particular area. And over time, I'm a firm believer that his own emotional unbalance and his own demons from childhood really manifested itself physically in the body as cancer. And, and because of his state of mind, he didn't have the tools in the process to really help him help himself in that matter. So in, in essence, it didn't obviously work, and he succumbed to his disease at the age of 56. 
So I'm a firm believer that the mindset plays an important role in really regulating our overall well-being and addressing not only our physical wellness, but what I call the also the eight pillars of wellness, which I'm happy to go over with your audience. That, that would be great. I want to point something out. Uh, a few episodes ago, I had a certified medical hypnotist on, on the show, and she said something very, very interesting. Uh, she said that health lives in the subconscious, which is very, very powerful. Oh, it is. Yeah. And now we're talking about mindset, which is, uh, in my opinion, conscious and subconscious. Sometimes people are subconsciously unaware of their mindset. Um, yes. You're, you're, maybe you're aware of not where you want to be, but subconsciously, those are mental and emotional blocks, which I call limited beliefs, are playing out to recreate different situations to experience the emotions that, that you, you've lived in, either if it's anger, if it's jealousy, you know, if it's shame or guilt or any combination thereof, we play a part in creating what happens in our lives. I'm not saying when bad things happen to people, it's necessarily your fault completely. Not saying that, but we do play a part in the certain things that we bring into our lives to re-experience those emotions over and over again. Limited beliefs are experienced through negative emotion or emotions. Define limited beliefs for us. So limited beliefs are certain things that we say to ourselves, that we you know, believe that are true for ourselves, that we're not capable enough. We don't, it, it plays into our level of self-confidence, our self-esteem, uh, the lack of. Uh, oftentimes, it's associated with uh, what kinds of relationships we're involved in, whether personal or in business. Many times, that will be tied to codependent relationships. And because of that, we end up living our lives and doing business through expectations. Expectations love codependency. Expectations love to be associated with limited beliefs. So as we t- if we're tied to expectations, we tend to be let down more or less. People are going to let us down more often than follow through. And it's not anything personal, but yet from expectations and from limited beliefs, we do take it personally. And then we further, you know, further continue in that cycle that leads to the same types of results. So the key is, is to move out of that limited mindset towards a limitless mindset or growth mindset and shift more from a codependent to an interdependent environment so that we're able to not live and operate our business from expectations, but from desired results. We commit to the process that yields the output that we seek or the results we seek. Many times expectations are tied to outcomes. We focus on outcomes, not the process. That's the big difference. Wow. And we all have limited beliefs. It's, it's amazing wow. as human yeah. beings that I, I've been in a world of self-development and, and, and working very hard actually together with my wife to bring our lives to the next level. And it's amazing to me to see how much when you reach a next level, there's always a level higher that's available to you. So uh, this is when we talk about lim- limiting beliefs, this is to our audience. We all have them. We just want you to take your life to the next level because it's unbelievable uh, what happens once you break through through the ceiling of limiting beliefs. Yeah, and oftentimes, you know, when we had this discussion offline, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in things that really don't really align with who we are or why, what our purpose is. Why, why do we do what we do? And why we don't follow through on certain things. So again, limited beliefs play a big part in that. And when we're able to really get into uh, a growth mindset and really understand why we do what we do, it's not necessarily what we're doing. It's why we're doing it. And it's often tied, whether if we know it consciously or subconsciously, to our true values and principles. 
And when we're able to tap into those true values and principles, which you can find when you're in a growth mindset, this is where things are going to change for the better. Even when you go through difficult times, you won't recognize the difficult times as a setback or a challenge or, again, another expectation unfulfilled. You look at it as part of the process that you're going to grow and actually be farther ahead where if you, if you hadn't gone through it in the first place. So yeah. this is the difference in how you look at things versus the difference between a growth and a fixed mindset coming from uh, interdependency versus codependency or outcome versus process. And again, limited beliefs versus limitless beliefs. So this is the, those are the difference. They, they, they are completely different. Love it. That's awesome. Give us an example of a limited belief that uh, someone may have in the realm of health or wellness. Well, in, in health and wellness, like a lot of times, like, you know, I've seen people where, and again, this is not 100%, you know, again, this is on a case-by-case basis, but I've seen some cases where people have had certain pains in their body and they couldn't really, medically, it couldn't be diagnosed what it exactly was. They just had certain conditions that just were unexplained. And a lot of times this could, you know, could be psychological type, uh, you know, blocks. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example with me. When I was 20, 20 years old and 21 years old, I was in college and I literally felt like I had the back of an 80 year old man. I could barely get out of bed. My back was so tight. Like it, it was, it, and I did lift weights, but I, but I realized it wasn't a physical thing. At first, that's what I thought. I, maybe I was lifting too heavy, but it was really that I could not get out of bed because my muscles were, I had these spasms in my, in my back. They would shoot down my leg. And I really had a hard time getting out of bed in the morning, even at a young age like that. I tried stretching. I tried yoga. I, I even eased up on, on the way I lifted. I, I, I was starting to try to eat differently, thinking that might have a part, and nothing seemed to change the situation. What I didn't realize was that it was all, in this case with me, in my head. It was, a, it, was a, it was an emotional thing. I was going through a very difficult period at that point. I didn't even realize it because I had been masking it with alcohol and drugs. So at the time, I just thought I was just a 20-year-old having fun and partying and you know, doing what typically what a college kid would do at that time back in the 80s. But nonetheless, I didn't realize that I was really masking this pain, uh, this anger that I was experiencing, that anger that had been built up to the root cause to my limited beliefs was playing out now in my body. And this, in this case, it went to my lower back. Some people could go to their neck, it can go to their shoulder, it can go to a different part of the body, maybe their stomach. My case, it was my back. And until I was able to really recognize that, and be able to address that from an emotional level is when my back pain subsided. And I haven't had an issue since. Well, I'm glad. And, to hear I, and that. I'm 52 years old. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so again, this is 32 years ago, 30 or 31, whatever it's going back now. Yeah. Well, I've heard of massive, massive uh, situations or examples where people defied all odds. Uh, I, a few shows ago, I mentioned this gentleman on the show, Alexei Tala. He's a Russian uh, he's from Russia. He's still in Russia, but he lost his um, arms and legs to a World War II bomb that was unexploded. It, it was left uh, somewhere out in the field. He was playing there as a kid. And guess anyone could give this guy an excuse, right? He's lo- he lost his limbs, all of it. And he became a motivational speaker and a businessman uh, and has a family with four kids. The, the mindset for this guy is that I'll win and I'll succeed and I'll be healthy at all costs, no matter what. 
what a powerful way to look at life, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 you decided that you know you you'll get rid of get rid of whatever you are facing as far as your back pain. You connected to your mindset, and thirty two years ago, here it goes, right? Thirty two years, and I have it now. Credit, I did have a, a knee operation last year for a torn meniscus, but that was actually to- totally physical. On that yes. one. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned about eight pillars of uh, wellness. Yeah. Tell us a little more. All right, so there, there are eight pillars of wellness in our life. And the thing is, when people say, is there such thing as perfect balance or balance? Well, the reality is, no, there isn't really perfect balance in life. You know, think about a seesaw, right? A seesaw is never going to be balanced horizontally perfectly on its axis point. Yes. It's going to teeter back and forth. So, you know, so there's, you're striving for balance or you're striving what I like to use the word harmony. You know, it's a better word than balance because there really isn't, in my opinion, true balance in the world. There's always going to be give or take depending upon the situation. It comes down to priorities. But you still have to strive for that harmony. You can't be one extreme or another. This is why people burn out. This is why, you know, people end up becoming workaholics or maybe they, they don't put enough emphasis into something else. So we got to be able to find, strike harmony. So just like a seesaw, we got to go up and down and pay attention to all these different areas of our life. We have to look at ourselves independently, you know, look at ourselves in itself. We got to look at our, the people that we care about, our family, our colleagues, the people we work for, people that work for us, that type of thing. So the eight pillars help us to strive to find harmony. And just like dominoes, they, they all affect one another, either in a positive or negative way. So I'll go over the, each of the, the, the eight pillars of wellness. So the first one is what we call social wellness. Social wellness means what is that relationship that you have with yourself? Is it one that comes from self-love, that comes from a a level of higher self-confidence and self-esteem? What types of relationships are you engaged with as a result of that with other people? Are they codependent, independent, or interdependent? Codependent, again, is is associated with limited beliefs. It's tied to expectations. And also outcomes, like we talked about earlier. Codependency means that in order for me to obtain something or achieve something, I have to depend upon you. If I'm going to be happy, then it depends upon you. That might be a spouse. That might be your children. It might mean the people who work for you, whatever the case may be. And then interdependency is taking accountability and responsibility for what you do, your own happiness building your own success foundation, following through, but coming together with other people that do the same so we could do it at even a bigger level. This is how marriages can be more successful, how communities that even if they have different fates and different beliefs can still come together interdependently and do bigger and better things as a community. Same thing in a business. So that's what social wellness is. Is it operating codependently in a negative way? or in a positive way from being interdependent. Independent would be in the middle. It's good that you're taking responsibility for your own actions and being responsible, but if you're blocking off other people, now that's not really completing the the full picture. That's not going to be 100%. It's better than codependent, but it's not the answer. You can't win at the expense of others. Exactly. You still got to do, we still got to be, it's got to be a we and we got to do things together, but, we, but we're all accountable and responsible for our own tasks and actions. 
Yes. Next would be emotional wellness. It's again, are you operating from a limited or limitless belief mindset, growth or fixed? Again, you know, you know, looking at the things that could be holding you back. I always firmly believe there's a root cause to any problem or challenge, in this case, limited beliefs. In this case, it always ties back to your childhood. So my anger that I talked about earlier, my anger went back to my childhood that was tied to my father. My father was not emotionally uh, available when I was growing up. So I really didn't have a father figure. I didn't really have a direction of who I was and, wh- and what it meant to be a man. And, and I didn't realize at the time what it was until in, in hindsight, but my anger tied back to that, that, that I didn't have that connection with him. And I was bitter and angry. So I was operating, obviously, un, I was unbalanced. I didn't have this harmony with my emotional well-being. And of course, that affected all the other pillars that I'm going to talk about. So physical wellness is simply, are we taking care of our bodies? Are we eating nutritionally dense foods? Uh, again, diets do not work. Diets, D-I-E, the first three letters are die. They, are, they manage the problem. They don't solve problems. The key is, is what do we put in, what food are we putting in our bodies on a consistent basis in moderation? The more nutritionally dense those foods are, the more minerals and vitamins and probiotics they have that are going to be better for us and finding which foods adapt to our body type and blood type that really serve us. Uh, financial wellness. Are we living in debt? Are we operating in, uh, you know, living paycheck to paycheck? Do we feel that that we live in a world of lack? Or do we operate from a place where there's abundance and there's more than enough and that we are in the present moment knowing that that we can give without expectation and receive without resistance at any given moment knowing there's always enough to go around? So the key is, is, is you know, again, limited beliefs or limits of beliefs will be tied to either side of that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, spiritual wellness is your is your your relationship also with yourself, just like social wellness. But how is that aligned with your faith? Many times, people will just go to their faith and think that their faith is going to solve all of their problems and make life better. That's not the case. You have to do your part. So, spiritual wellness is that alignment that you find with what you bring to the table to improve the quality of your life. That you can indirect, that you can directly impact others to do the same for themselves. And having your faith be part of it. So it's, you could combine meditation and, and prayer together to you know, make improvements to strike harmony in that area. Uh, intellectual wellness is simply are we stimulating our mindset? Just like you go to the gym to work out and exercise and do cardio, you're doing the same thing for your mindset. Less TV, more reading books, doing trivia, doing puzzles. These are things that are going to stimulate you and improve your cognitive ability to solve problems more efficiently. Uh, it's going to help to offset you know, uh, health issues like Alzheimer's and uh, dementia. Not to say that it's going to prevent it 100% because there's other factors there, but nonetheless, it does help in, in, tremendously in offsetting those particular health issues. Then you have uh, occupational wellness. Are, why do we do what we do? Are we doing what we love to do? Does what we do align with our core values and principles of why we're doing it? So again, are you, are you doing things for all the wrong reasons? For, because I was led to believe I should be a lawyer. Uh, lawyers make a lot of money, so that's why I'm doing it, but I really don't want to be a lawyer. So again, it's following your true calling, your purpose, that aligns with your values and beliefs. And then finally, environmental wellness is the environment that you operate in. Your energy is dictated by the environment around you. Do you, do you operate your life and business in clutter or in organization? If your car is cluttered, there's going to be clutter here. 
If there's clutter in the workplace, there's clutter here. If there's clutter in your home, there's clutter here. If it's organized, now energy can, can flow more efficiently in a positive way. And again, either side is associated either with a growth or a fixed mindset. So again, when we're able to strike harmony with those eight pillars, knowing that they affect each other either way, we're able to find that, that harmony where we're teetering on that access point that will keep us in a line and, and allow us to be healthy. And when we can align our wellness principles with our wealth principles, when I, and wealth is simply not only your net worth, but also your freedom, doing what you love to do, we can experience true prosperity and that's what life's about. That that is so well said, Chris. Really, really good. So let's dive in, if you um, if you could, to some of the elements here. Emotional wellness. In my opinion, emotional wellness drives most of the things in life, including health, physical wellness, our environment, our relationships. If you're emotionally healthy and you have healthy habits, to me, that's eighty percent of the formula. Would you agree? I agree, a hundred percent. So, what steps can one take to be uh, better as far as emotional health? Well, in terms of emotional health, the key is number one is being aware that you're not where you want to be. Number two is to accept where you are, but make a commitment to the process, not the outcome, not looking for the quick fix, because there's no such thing. You'll be led to believe by marketers there is, but there's no such thing. The only body who can solve your problems and challenges and create the solution to that to lead a more sustainable life in terms of how you, how you view it, is you, no one else. There are resources that can help you, but in itself will not solve the problem, only manage it. So the key is, is getting to the root cause of limited beliefs and going back to childhood through diff- a process that will allow you to identify where the root cause to those limited beliefs came from. And it's often tied to a parent, whether if it's your mom or dad or some type of other an important role model in your life at that time. I couldn't agree more. Chris, we're having such a powerful discussion. It's very, very interesting. Uh, I, I believe our second part is going to be even better. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Haldi Pharmaceutical Compounding is one of the nation's top compounding pharmacies. We work with medical professionals as well as consumers, both human and veterinary. If you're a patient or a doctor and need to consult us, please call us for a free consultation. Additionally, you may purchase carefully selected quality brand supplements and vitamins at discounted prices at hcompound.com. To schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Haldi or one of our associates, please email us at wellness at hcompound.com or call us at 646-650-5040. You can also check us out at hcompound.com. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Prescription for Success. If you'd like to reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wellness at hcompound.com. Now back to Prescription for Success. Welcome back to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Chris Salem. Chris is a published author, a certified mindset expert, and a success and wellness strategist. You can reach Chris via his website at ChristopherSalem.com. So, Chris, we're having a great discussion here in Mindset, Eight Pillars of Wellness. Uh, Before the break, we talked about growth mindset. We talked about Eight Pillars of Wellness, Limiting Beliefs, and we have so much more good stuff to discuss, right? Correct. So, let's talk about physical wellness. We, we touched on emotional wellness before the break. Yep. And, and uh, as we discussed, in my opinion, you agreed with me, it drives everything in our lives, right? What about physical wellness, uh, what we put in our, in our bodies? And what we put in our bodies includes allowing certain emotions and certain circumstances to enter our body as well, right? Because whatever enters impacts our hormones, impacts how we think, impacts uh, our food habits, our physical habits, how often and uh, how much of a quality workouts we have. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, think of, uh, you know, like emotional wellness is kind of like the computer in your car, right? Again, you know, it's kind of what, you know, allows you to turn the car on and operate. And again, the physical wellness kind of look at it as like the fuel that you put in the car to make it run as well. Because obviously a car needs fuel, whether if it's electricity, if it's, you know, not, you know, or if it's, you know, if it's uh, gas, so the key is, is that our bodies are, require certain minerals and, and vitamins in order to operate efficiently. The reality is, is that over the, over the centuries, our food, has, food supplies have been depleted of, those, of that nutrition. And you know, now with you know, g- genetically modified foods that have been, you know, become very popular over the last you know, 15 years or so or 20 years, this has affected the quality of that nutrition. The, the food may look good. You know, it might look a shiny red apple. It might look great from the outside. But from the inside out, it's not what it is, say, for an apple that may not look great from the outside, but still is nutritionally dense. So the key is, is to recognize that there are going to be certain foods that we have to be able to you know, look into that are going to be nutritionally dense. They're going to be able to provide certain level of, 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 of minerals vitamins, probiotics, among other things that are going to be what the body requires. So one thing I want to let the listeners know that when you eat something and then you still feel hungry, what, what, this is what the illusion is. It's not that you're, you're, you're really truly hungry. That's what the body's telling you, that it's hungry. But really, it's not hungry. What it's saying to you is that it has not received the certain amount of, of minerals and vitamins and probiotics that we, that it requires. So it's searching for it. So the signal that you get is, well, 
I'm still hungry, so I'll eat more of this. But again, it's, it doesn't have, it's not nutritionally dense. And this is what leads people to becoming overweight. They end up eating more than they should because that's what the body's telling it. But really, if we're putting in nutritionally dense foods into our body to the best of our, our, our capabilities, you're going to find that, though, that that feeling of hunger is going to subside because the body is going to be satisfied in knowing that it received what exactly what it was looking for. So instead of looking at diets as the answer, that isn't the answer. We have to look at, again, the foods that are going to serve us on a more sustainable level long term. And, and again, doing things in moderation. It doesn't mean that you give up some of the fun stuff, like a steak once in a while or an ice cream sundae. But it's not, making sure that, that that is not incorporating most of the calories that we bring in on a daily basis that are actually not serving us. Yeah. Because there are going to be certain types of things that, that just don't digest well. And these are things that, like meat, like red meat. You know, red meat, you know, is hard to digest. And then what happens is when that food is left behind in the intestinal tract, it doesn't process efficiently. And, and a lot of times it can become toxic in the, in the intestinal walls. And then that can then, then leak out those toxins into the bloodstream that end up causing certain types of free radicals to attack good cells that could lead to disease. So again, getting back to the eight pillars of wellness, while the emotional side, what, what that plays is that that's going to help us to not want to just use comfort foods as a way to cover up how we feel that we're always looking for the nutritionally dense foods if we can find places to become emotionally, uh, strike harmony with that. So, so the difference is, is again, any nutritionally dense foods and then also keeping our bodies in motion, you know, you know, not sitting for long periods of time that we, our bodies are designed to move and to, you know, and, and so that we're, we're exercising our, our bodies and making sure our blood is flowing and that we're, you know, we're, we're creating lean muscle wherever possible. So a little bit of cardio, resistance training, and finding activities that you enjoy that allow you to do that. Yeah, well, well said. I totally agree with you. Sometimes we feel hungry, but we're not really hungry. And I, what I advise people is have a sip of water. Drink a little bit of water, and you'll find that you're not really hungry anymore because your body is uh, probably dehydrated, or maybe you just used to getting higher volume of food, getting more calories, but your body doesn't really need it. Yeah. So it's uh, very, very interesting how our bodies are designed. I'm very interested to learn how can one improve their environmental wellness? Because many people uh, work and live in a place of clutter, right? And that includes uh, physical clutter and emotional clutter. There. Yeah. So what's your advice to those people? So oftentimes, just to get back before we, we address the solution, let's get to the problem. But see, limited beliefs, when you are operating from limited beliefs, you are living your day, day-to-day life in the past and the future simultaneously. So what happens is, is that when you're in the past, it brings up certain things subconsciously that, are, that you experience fear. So it's that fear then gets projected from that from the subconscious level into the moment, and then that gets projected into the future. And again, this happens simultaneously. That then creates a level of anxiety. That level of anxiety doesn't mean that you have to be like, uh, you know, but it's kind of like just, you know, you just have a certain level of anxiety, and that's what leads to procrastination. And it's that procrastination that oftentimes leads to disorganization or clutter. So again, operating from the past and the future. So the key is, is if we really want to be organized, the solution is getting to the root cause of those limited beliefs first to resolve it or to eradicate it. 
so that we can create a, a, the solution from the same place from within to adopt new habits and disciplines that will allow us to keep us more organized, meaning that getting rid of things that don't serve us. You know, there are oftentimes people will hang on to things that just contain certain negative energy that doesn't really serve us anymore. So why do you keep holding on to it? So the key is, is learning how to let go of the things that take up space that really are, you know, that don't have a purpose in your life and to purge those things and to create, a, you know, an environment that you live in, you drive your car in, you work in, that creates that constant flow of, of energy that's going to work to your advantage. So, you know, the key is, is a combination of getting to the root cause of limited beliefs and in the solution, adopting certain habits and disciplines that will keep you more focused in the moment, present moment, to be more organized versus disorganized. Very well said. I, I heard recently that uh, some people believe that procrastination is, is a form of fear. And you talked about anxiety. It's, it, is, it is fear. It's simply fear projected from the past into the future. And it creates anxiety. And the anxiety is the, you know, procrastination is just the byproduct or the outcome of the anxiety. Yeah. This, this is what prevents us from not starting something or not following through with something or afraid to start, afraid to even start doing something from the beginning. This is super powerful. Let's talk about practicality. How do we take these eight pillars of wellness and how do we tell our listeners to benefit from it, right? What do they do? Do they write down in their diary each of the pillars we discussed and what happens in their life and their point they are at right now and where they need to go? Or what's your advice? So the advice is, is that you, you, you've, you, you have awareness. So you, you received awareness today of what these eight pillars are. Now it's now, what do we do with it? How do we apply it? Now, the key about applying the eight pillars of wellness is we want to do it from a place from within the solution, not where you're currently at. The, right now, you have to currently recognize that maybe you're operating on the other side of the, of the eight pillars of wellness, the negative side, that maybe you're emotionally off, uh, out of alignment. That's affecting you physically, maybe perhaps financially, spiritually, and environmentally, and socially, whatever the case may be, is to be aware of that, like we talked about earlier. Then to accept where you are and to make a commitment to the process, not the outcome, the process that will then lead to the outcome, and it's getting to the root cause of limited beliefs. When you're able to do that and truly release that attachment to the source, that being a parent is to not only forgive the source, but to forgive yourself more importantly. And when you can truly forgive and make from every cell in your body, not only up here, but your entire body, you're able then to take the eight pillars of wellness from the positive side to strike that harmony and begin to address each one and how it'll affect that, that other pillar of wellness and so on in a positive way. So how if you get more in alignment with you, yourself emotionally, that will affect your physical wellness in a positive way, your financial wellness in a positive way. You'll shift from a codependent to an interdependent relationship, so that helps socially. You'll become organized versus disorganized and environmentally and watch less TV and read more for intellectual. So all of these things, and there are certain habits and disciplines that will allow you to do that. And, I, and the, two, the two most power, actually, well, I'll say there's three, but the, out of the three, there's two that are the most important. One is using an organizational task. Maybe it could be making your bed every morning. It's simple to do, but it gets your, more, your, your mindset organized that you accomplish something to start your day and do other things of priority that are important. However, the two most important 
habits and disciplines that can become patterns that will serve you for the rest of your life to get you out of the problem into the solution is meditation and journaling. Simultaneously, that you meditate and learn how to be in the present moment to become more mindful because in the present moment, fear cannot reside or it's very, it's a very at a low level. So you're not operating in the past and the future. And when you're present, you're able to have more clarity. And when you have more clarity, you're able to be more decisive. When you're decisive, you have the ability to take massive action. And as a result of that, then you're able to then journal. Okay. So journaling, what journaling does is right after you meditate, you're writing down exactly what comes to mind. You're not overanalyzing. You're not overthinking. You're just writing whatever comes to mind. You, you could write down something that makes no sense at all, but it doesn't matter because the key is it's, that's your subconscious mindset. Now talking to the conscious mindset, it doesn't have to make sense right away in time that it will, will be able, this is the process that's going to help you to get to the root cause of limited beliefs and the same technique that will keep, that will create and keep you in the solution to build a sustainable process to build a quality life in business for the rest of your life. Even when you have setbacks and challenges like you'll be operating here with the eight pillars of wellness in the middle. It won't be the emotional roller coaster ride that people experience when things are going good, you're up here. When things are bad, you're down here. You're always going to be in the middle when things are good and bad because you look at that, that, that the outcome is a byproduct of the process and knowing no matter what you go through, good or bad, it will lead to things that will put you in a better situation and what you'll become in, as a part of the process will be priceless. You'll be more grateful. You'll have more compassion. You'll be more empathetic. You'll be more kind. Your communication with others will improve. Your active, your act, uh, uh, listening skills will improve and you'll be able to engage people at a more deeper level. It'll make improvements in your leadership by le- leading by example. And it's just, it's just tremendous what those Three habits and disciplines can do, especially meditation and journaling together, doing the journaling right after you meditate without overanalyzing, overthinking. It'll change the quality of your life and business forever. Chris, this is really, really good. And I want to repeat it for my listeners because I think it's so powerful that uh, we want to make a special point here. First, make your bed in the morning. It will get you into the habit of getting things done, right? And then meditation, and right after you meditate, you recommend that people journal right away. Because Correct. In meditative state, people come up with ideas that are ideas from beautiful state when you're truly at peace with yourself and your ideas are flowing. And I love the fact that just write it down. Don't worry if it doesn't make sense. It's, and you'll make sense later. Uh, this is tremendously powerful. And I think if you do this every day, imagine what your life could be in a, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, Right. It's truly, truly powerful. So I love this. Chris, you wrote a book, Master You in a Critic, Resolve the Root Cause. Best-selling book. Correct. Uh, very, very powerful. Tell us some of the key messages from the book. Well, we talked about a lot of them here today. Um, you know, again, you know, again, looking at, uh, I do share my personal story there, some examples of people I've worked with to illustrate the point. The book is straightforward, but the whole concept, again, is... Instead of managing the problem, managing your life and the problem, because you can live your life like that for the rest of your life. You can operate your business like that. 98% of the world does. But if we want to be part of the 2% that actually can actually create our destiny, create a life worth of meaning, of purpose, of one built around your core values and principles, 
that, it, that it's our responsibility, no matter what has happened to you, whether you had a wonderful childhood or a traumatic childhood, nonetheless, it's always our responsibility to what we, where we are and what we do from there to address it. And that, that if we're going to live abundantly, we, it's better that we do it from within the solution than from the problem. So the key is, is it addresses all of the things that we talked about and more that will help you to facilitate that over time to create that life and business that you've always desired. Yeah. You coined the term prosperpreneur. Can you tell us more? Yeah, I kind of gave a little hint today about that, what that is. I didn't mention what it, so what a prosperpreneur is, it doesn't mean that you have to be an entrepreneur. Okay. It's just a way of life. It's a way of living and, and doing business. So a prosperpreneur knows that, you know, that any success in our business is not going to be sustainable unless we put our wellness factors first. So that's looking at the eight pillars of wellness and striking harmony there. Then we want to find alignment with that wellness with our wealth factors. Our wealth factors could be, okay, our net worth. It could be our freedom. It's doing exactly what what we love to do, but more importantly, why we do it. And when we can find alignment with our wellness and wealth factors, and tie that into our core values and principles, we can then truly experience true prosperity at all levels and build a sustainable lifestyle from it, that we can create that. That is what a prosperity is. It's a way of life. And true prosperity has to be sustainable. Um, so talking yes. about sustainable, uh, you, run a, you have a wonderful radio show called Sustainable Success. Tell our listeners what that show is about. So the radio show is also here on the Voice American Influencers channel every Thursday from 12 to 1 p.m. East Coast time. And again, the show addresses, you know, success and what that means to you. You know, again, everyone has their own definition of success. Why do you do what you do? But we look at everything that we talked about here, but we go a step above. We look at your business. We look for ways that we could help scale your business to the next level. We look at ways that we can improve your relationship shifting from an codependent to an interdependent relationship. We look at, at things that can improve your overall well-being. Again, the eight pillars of wellness. And then we look at all three and how they kind of work in synergy. So the key is, is that we bring in experts from around the world that address all those areas, any of those areas or all areas, to provide content that allows you, the listener, to draw your own conclusion of what that means to you based upon your core values and beliefs and to take that knowledge and apply it what you feel works best for you to make those shifts in your life and business. Yeah, it's a very powerful show. I definitely recommend you guys check out Chris's program. He's a talented host and uh, has a great following. So um, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, Thank you for sharing that, Chris. You are an emotional intelligence strategist. What's emotional intelligence? So emotional intelligence, well, let's first uh, document what uh, intellectual intelligence is. So this is how most businesses operate that you know is with intellectual intelligence. So this is looking at anything that is evidence based. So this is looking at you know data, trends, stats, anything that can be measured and, and that can be you know documented as evidence. And that is necessary because if we're going to make logical decisions for businesses or certain things in our life, we got to have that intellectual intelligence. But in itself, it's not going to be the answer long term, especially if we're looking for a sustainable way to build our relationships, to address our well-being, and to build our businesses and take it to another level. 
you have to have the emotional intelligence factor. Now, while emotional intelligence can be measured as well, not in all cases can everything be measured. A lot of it's based upon just blind faith, but it's taking to effect everything that we talked about. You know, how do we go within to create our own solutions? And how do we take that and take responsibility and accountability for what we do and come together interdependently to do bigger and better things? Emotional intelligence allows us to be able to see, be aware of the things that are holding us back and to find the platform or processes that will allow us to shift to a growth mindset so that we can incorporate new habits and disciplines to live and operate our businesses within the solution versus managing the problem, which is from a fixed mindset. That's emotional intelligence. And in, even in organizations, companies, they, if they combine, they put their people and look at how their people interact, how they, they, they build upon one another and combine that with intellectual intelligence, they can do tre- tremendous things. They can be more innovative, more creative, and really take their businesses to new heights. Same thing with individuals. Same thing. So that's really what emotional intelligence, where it fits in and can make a difference in, in life and business. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people to improve their emotional intelligence and how do they strategize about it? So what's the strategy behind it? Well, again, it's just being aware what we talked about first and then taking that awareness, now taking that knowledge and actually applying it and finding out what's holding you back, where's the problem, remove the bottleneck, create the solution, and then build a strategy that you could follow day in and day out being consistent with the right habits and disciplines to build upon that success foundation to scale your life and business. That's it. That's it. You got to have a plan. You got to have a strategy. You can't be shooting from the hip. So when you're in the solution, you got to have a, you got to have a, a plan. You got to have a strategy. Uh, you got to, you got to basically map out your life. You got to map out your business. It's not just goals in itself. It's systems that will facilitate those goals. And using those systems to make sure those goals are met on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and an annual basis. Again, committing to the process that, that will then lead to your desired results or outcomes. Yeah. Well said, Chris. Systems for everything. I, I'm such a big believer in systems, uh, obviously in business at work, but also it helps sometimes to measure. What's your energy level today? Create a system for measuring your energy level. What's your health or wellness like today? And then map it out and see how you do. I had a guest here on this program, Becky Blake, several episodes back, and she suggested you run a journal of what you eat and how you feel over the course of the next few days. And she suggested you'll identify things that your body does not agree with. The same goes for your emotional life and emotional uh, situations that happen in your life. Jot down what you're doing and where you want to go, and then improve, uh, work with yourself to improve where you want to go. So if you create a system for physical, where you go to the gym, you put the right things in your body, for your emotional health, your life is much more likely to be where you want it to be. So well said. I, I love the system part. You also talked about relationships. And in my opinion, relationships, the quality of life, is uh, immensely or directly proportional to the quality of relationships that we have. And that's your social wellness, right? The, 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 the people that you surround yourself with will tremendously impact the quality of your life. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Well, again, you got to be the example. See, you can't tell people how, when, or why to do it. This doesn't matter if you're a parent or a spouse, a leader in your community, or you, know, you lead a team at work, or you own a business that people work for you. 
you have to be the example. People, people subtly make shifts in what they do for the better based upon what they observe, not what, they, what has been told to them. Even if somebody is codependent and they need to be told what to do, it still doesn't work because now you're pleasing and enabling them to stay, play small and be stuck where they're at. So the key is, is instead of telling them what to do is to, is to empower them by being the example. If that means they have to come out of their comfort zone and sweat a little bit, then so be it. It's okay to make mistakes. We learn from our mistakes. But the only way people are going to make those shifts is if we be the example for them to do that. And that's what interdependency allows to happen versus codependency. So again, be the example for people to make those shifts. And if for any reason those people don't get it or can't make those shifts and they're and what they do can be uh, have a negative impact on what you, what you're doing and why you're doing it, or they become toxic. We have to create boundaries to you know cut them off on certain levels or cut them off entirely. Yeah, you're responsible for your own health, emotional, physical. Just remember that. There's one more thing I want to talk to you about. You co-founded an organization called Empowered Fathers in Action. Can you briefly tell us a little more? Absolutely. Well, it takes the same concepts that we are talking about here in helping. Uh, to uh, strengthen the father-son bonding process so that we can create boys that will become future leaders in their homes, interdependently with their wives, uh, their children, and to break that, that cycle of dysfunction with codependency. So they're going to be our future leaders in our homes, our, our communities, and our business. We also will address this with families overall. So we're looking to shift people from codependent to interdependent relationships so that parents can be now learn from overcome their own limited beliefs so they can be better examples for their children so that they grow up to be more uh, have higher levels of self-confidence and self-esteem so that they can make those changes so they don't repeat those patterns with their children. We break the cycle. It's a sustainable solution versus managing the problem. Certainly sustainable. I love what you're doing. Chris, we had such a powerful discussion. Our show is coming to an end. If you could give us a 15-second message to our listeners. Please go. I would say that I'd like to leave on this. Give without expectation. Receive without resistance. Just give, not give it all away, but give with no expectation and just receive without resistance wherever it comes from. I love it. Your life will change for the better, including your business. I love it. I absolutely love it. Give without expectations. So powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, this makes it a show. You can reach Chris via his website at ChristopherSalem.com to learn more about Haldi Pharmaceutical or to sign up for a consultation. Give us a call at 646-650-5040 or email me at wellness at hcompound.com. If you want to live a happier, fuller, healthier, more fulfilled life, you need to be the CEO of your health. You need to be guided by an amazing practitioner, but it's your life. You lead it. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Be happy and healthy. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Prescription for Success. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Emil Haldi, next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of the program. Have a great and healthy week.